Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Our new affiliate, Ascent Nutrition, which was founded by my good friend Lance Shuttler, is making a huge difference in our community. Last week, I talked about the amazing benefits of Ascent Nutrition's pine pollen. Now it's time to check out their organic coffee. Ascent's coffee is organic, mold and mycotoxin-free, and some of the cleanest and best-tasting coffee in the world. We just got our bag of Ascent's organic coffee beans last week, and it's already almost gone. I'm a huge coffee guy, and this coffee is awesome. There's no going back to store-bought coffee for me. Visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your organic mold and mycotoxin-free coffee. Or just click the link in the description to check out all the amazing products Ascent Nutrition has to offer. to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Betsy Chassie. First, I have a couple of announcements. I want to thank everyone that came out to the Forbidden Gathering. It was an amazing turnout, and everyone, including myself, had a great time. And we will be doing it again in the near future, so we will keep everyone posted on that. Forbidden Knowledge News, always available on Rockfin Minds, Odyssey, Rumble, all podcast platforms. Check out Rockfin. This is where you get our premium content and all the premium and free content from every creator on Rockfin. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus or click the link in the description to sign up and check out our website, forbiddenknowledge.news. It's the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find amazing podcasts on there like Raised by Giants. Ancient Gift, Inception, Understanding Propaganda, Quantum Guide Show, Day Zero, and more. Today I want to welcome Betsy Chassie. She is an award-winning filmmaker and best-selling author, best known as the co-writer, director, and producer of the film What the Bleep Do We Know, and just released Bliss Up, Energy, The Ultimate Healer, a five-part documentary series exploring energy healing. Betsy, welcome. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm recovering. Excellent. Recovering from <laughs> yes. a three day party, right? Good for yes, you. I'm doing a little recovering. Yes. <laughs> good for but, you. But uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Been looking forward to talking to you. Uh, you have you've done some amazing work. You've made some amazing documentary series, and I can't wait to get into exploring energy healing. Uh, I've spoken with many people about this before, and I love the the different methods and the different outcomes that have come out of different types of energy healing that I've heard about. It's fascinating, and I, you know, I'm very into uh, 
possibly exploring energy healing myself one day. Uh, cool. so, and you've also authored several books, which we're going to talk a little bit about as well. But first, this is your first time on. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what got you started down your path. Gosh, that's a great question. When people always say, what got me started down my path? I just say I came out of a vagina. Um, because here we are. This is the plate of experience. Go have at it, right? It's a little bit chaotic. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that this whole experience uh, in this reality is our path. It's our journey. It's what we're here to, to, to play in. And uh, so that's how I got on my path. Now, how did I end up uh, doing what I do now um, is that, you know, I got hired to make a movie called Sacred Science 21 years ago now, and it turned into a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know? And it became this ginormous success. And, you know, 21 years later, I'm still here exploring the world of um, science and spirituality and the convergence between the two. And my focus is I'm really interested in taking the... Um, sort of taboo out of things like energy healing. And um, I'm really science-based. I'm really fact-based. Um, I don't get caught up in all the chaos. I'm really interested in how do we, I have two kids. So I'm really focused on how do we really shift people's worldview? How do we really move and evolve our consciousness in a way that's going to be good for our future? Very cool. Now, as far as energy healing and the things that you're doing now, was there any particular event or, or a catalyst that led you to, to be interested and start doing this? You know, I, I, once I got on what the bleep, you know, it's a rabbit hole, right? You get down and <laughs> you start on this sort of like you read one book, you go to one event, you know, you take mushrooms, whatever you do that drops you into sort of like, wait a minute what's going on here? Is it really what I think it is? You know, for me, I was predisposed to that concept. My dad gave me the art of war when I was eight years old and always said to me, you know, it isn't always what you think it is and, and be willing to see more and to see a bigger picture and to really ask yourself, you know, is what I'm thinking I'm seeing based on my opinions, my judgments and my former and my beliefs, or can I, is it true? You know, cause truth is a big, ugly, powerful word around here. And um, sometimes, you know, it, it, truth is, is, is subjective. And so to be really present to, to my own thought process and how I work and how I perceive and how it helps that use that as a guidepost to being a you know bigger, more open-minded person. So it wasn't one thing. I've had crazy experiences throughout my life, probably because I'm pretty open-minded to that. Um, but it starts with just being willing to, to say, hmm, maybe this isn't what I think it is. Well, I, I love to hear about crazy experiences. Have you, uh, <laughs> maybe you could tell us a bit uh, about some of the most profound and unexplained things that uh, have occurred. Gosh, you know, there, I read your t-shirt and it made me think of one. Um, and I've shared the story on a couple of podcasts recently because it seems like people are interested in it. But, you know, I've been really interested in lucid dreaming and uh, getting out of your body, mostly for like practical reasons, because I'm a single mom and I wanted to be able to check on my kids instead of getting out of bed all night long. So I was like, how can I make like I'm really interested in taking these weird wacky things and using them for practical purposes like well you know this would really help moms a lot if we could teach them how to get out of their body and our um you know lucid dream because then they could sleep better right so I started out by doing it that way and, and and it worked I learned how to go check on my kids and I learned about the you know the way to do lucid dreaming and the way to do out of body and uh, right after the pandemic sort of slowed down, I was staying with a friend um, about an hour and a half from my house. And my kids are teenagers now. Like they don't, you know, they're like, go away, mom, most of the time. But it had been the first time in two years that I was like physically really away from my kids, like by a distance. And so I went to sleep and I was really thinking like, you know, I haven't done any traveling lately. I should go check on my kids. And there are lots of tools and tricks that they teach you when you do out-of-body experiences. And so one of the things that I had done was I, in my sort of out of conscious, I mean, out of body world is I built what I called an airport so that I could travel. And so 
I, in my meditation, I would drop in and I got really into the right state and I went to my airport and then I traveled to see my kids and they were of course fine. And as I was coming back, I was leaving my airport and I was getting ready to rise out and back into sort of this reality. And I kept hearing somebody scream, Betsy, Betsy, Betsy. And I thought, that's really weird. Like someone's in my airport. Like no one's supposed to be in my airport. This is my airport. And I looked around and the way my airport works is it has little tunnels, right? And so I look into the tunnels and I kept hearing it. I started to walk down a tunnel and I couldn't find this person. And so I kept hearing Betsy, Betsy. So I sat up in bed and I was present. I, I didn't, I wasn't sure whether I was awake or asleep or in or out. And the person that I was with said, like started to shake me and I'm like, what? And he goes, do you hear that? And I said, hear what? And then all of a sudden I heard Betsy, Betsy. And I was like, am I awake? And he's like, yeah, you're totally awake. And there's somebody screaming your name outside of my window. And I was like, that can't be. He's like, show me to look. I'm like, no, don't look. But they looked anyway. And he said, why is the homeless guy that lives on my corner screaming your name? And I thought, oh, man, I bet you he's like got some interesting shit going on with him. And I must have like met him in my airport. And I don't remember. So I went back like I got to go. He's like, where are you going? It was so this poor guy. It's like, what do you mean you got to go? And I laid back down and I went into um, back to my airport and I tried to find him again and I couldn't find him. And he eventually stopped screaming my name. And the next day I was having breakfast and he was across the street and he says, Hey, Betsy. So it was this, it, for me, that was such an interesting realization because I, you know, I dated a guy who studied schizophrenics for a long time. And, and, and he said, you know, I often wonder if these people are just not, not nuts. I mean, sometimes they are, and sometimes there's some serious issues, but a lot of times I think they just see more than we give, we, we allow them to, we give them credit for. And I, it, that was a, like a super confirmation for me that, that that's true, that, you know, it was just a reminder that, you know, there's so much more out there and there's than what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing because of the filters in my brain. And when I went to do this traveling, I had dropped the filter enough that I actually connected with another person, which I had never in my life done before. So I thought that was kind of cool. That is. And what that makes me think about very often I've had uh, guests that talk about misdiagnosed mental illness, which is actually just abilities or, or being in tune to different things and frequencies and energies that most people aren't. And, right. you know, they don't understand them and they go to a doctor or a psychiatrist and they get prescribed medicine and it's diagnosed as a mental illness when really it could be something much more than that we just don't understand. Right. Right. Absolutely. I'm not, I mean, listen, I'm not here. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a medical profession professional. So, you know, it's not my job to, to, to judge or make an opinion about diagnoses. but you know, one of the things, the reasons that I made the energy healing series as an example of what I'm interested in doing is that, you know, a lot of times anything that's considered alternative is sort of sh like pushed aside and, and ignored. I'm actually shooting another series right now called the Galileo Project, where I'm traveling around the world interviewing scientists who have gotten, who've done amazing discoveries that, if given the opportunity to come to light, would transform the way we look at medicine, um, the way that we look at technology, the way that we look at the environment. But, you know, uh, science, there's a great um, quote by Max Planck. He says, science evolves one funeral at a time, right? And so, unfortunately, you know, I can understand where the alternative medicine world has a lot of pushback for big pharma because, you know, a, a lot of the stuff is, is really hard to monetize. Right. So they instead of instead of, you know, burning scientists at the stake or witches at the stake anymore, we don't really do that, uh, although we're seemingly going back to that, maybe. Um, but what, you know, we, we shun them, we take away their tenure, we take away their funding, we 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 call them crazy and the energy healing series really focuses on the science behind energy healing. It's not, it is not some weird, you know, taboo, witchy ability that only certain people have. You know, it's a very science-based understanding of how our bodies work, how frequency works, and, and how, we're, how we're supposed to be operating. So I took, I'm very focused on the science part of it because I know, you know, Certain people are going to be cool with it no matter what, you know, but if I'm really going to move the needle and widen the worldview of people, then I have to 
come at them from a very grounded, rational, science-based perspective. There's thousands of hospitals in the United States now that use Reiki as an example. You know, every cancer center that you might go to, any cancer center in the United States that you might go to now has visualization, meditation, yoga, all these things that at one point in time were called crazy, right? So that's why I do what I do because one of the ways, I mean, look at what's going on with psychedelics now. They're using it to treat PTSD, right? Tapping has become like this crazy thing. You see people doing this, that used to be thought of as like, that's witchy and weird. You know, it's one of the best healing modalities for PTSD in the world right now. 25 years ago, that was thought to be nutty and stupid. So we've got to move the needle. And that's kind of what I'm about. I'm sorry, I'm rant, I'm raving, but that's, no, that's, that's my passion. <laughs> that's great. Now, before uh, we get too far into energy healing, for the audience that may not be familiar, could you give us a, a synopsis of what the bleep do we know? Sure. So what the bleep do we know was a documentary that focused on the concept that your thoughts affect your reality. And it was a groundbreaking film. Um, we combined animation interviews with scientists and a narrative film starring Marley Matlin. It was just a wacky thing in and of itself to try to combine three different types of filmmaking into one movie. Um, but it really at the ba- at the core, it really explored how our thoughts affect our reality. And it looked into quantum physics, molecular biology, and neuroscience. And how does our brain, you know, there's a big, one of the big issues that's going to come to a head here, that's going to shift everything, really, is this notion of right now we operate in what's called the materialist perspective. Materialism science basically is very, see it, touch it, smell it, measure it. If you can't measure it, it can't be real, right? And so materialists, especially in neuroscience, say that consciousness is just a byproduct of the brain. It's just a happy accident, right? Um, Post-materialism, and what materialists tend to do is ignore all of the evidence that says, wait, people have psychic abilities. Wait, people can have out-of-body experiences. Wait, people can, you know, do all these amazing, quote, superhuman things that really aren't superhuman. Everybody has the ability to do them. So the beginning of that conversation is really having people understand how do our brains work? What is consciousness? And how do we operate in it? So that's really what, what the bleep is about. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the powers of positive thinking and manifestation that can uh, what you can accomplish with this. Uh, I know for me personally, I went from going every day to a job I hated and misery, you know, making good money, but not being happy at all with what I was doing to, you know, being able to do this full time. And I owe it all to, you know, manifesting through positive energy and intent and, you know, different meditation techniques and things like Mm -hmm. that but i completely have seen the results that our our thoughts and our intentions can have on manifesting a certain outcome in reality yeah absolutely the one thing that i would say lately i've been more cautionary about promoting sort of positivity and manifestation as a as a thing as a practice, because I feel like part of the reason that we are where we are in society right now is because we've really lost. And it sounds to me like this doesn't fit your description because it sounds like you've actually done the work, but a lot of people get really hooked into this notion of like, just think positively and magic will happen. Oh no, you have to do some (laughs) major work with this. You can't just sit back and and say, Oh, you know, I want it to happen. You have to go out and get it. There's no man. Rarely will uh, Mercedes manifest out of your ass. Is, is what yeah, I like to tell people. Sure. You have to be really like the spiritual path. You know the work. I don't even like to call it a spiritual path anymore. But but doing the work is a process, and it's ugly. And it's like it's like you watch a butterfly come out of a chrysalis. That thing had to go and eat itself, and then when it explodes out, it, there's blood and gore and goo. Um, and that's I, at the beginning of the show. I said this is the plane of experience. So to, I don't look at this reality as the end all be all of anything. You know, I understand that consciousness is, I am a piece of consciousness. Consciousness is not emitting from me. I am consciousness reflecting in this reality. This is the slowest of all frequencies. One of the things that we talk about in the energy healing series is how, you know, you think about consciousness as being this really big thing. And then it has to sort of like frequency downgrade into what we are, which is the slowest of all frequencies. That's why we have mass 
But if you look at mass, mass is mostly empty space. You know, you're not actually touching the chair that you're sitting on. You're, um, you're not actually, uh, you know, these things aren't really as real as our brains make them. So when you really do the work and understand how this reality operates, then the idea of manifestation isn't just some magic positive thing, right? It's really a sort of like, think of yourself as a programmer or a gamer, and you're, you're strategically playing the game or you're, you're programming what you want to happen next. So it's a very, it's a skill set. It's not something that is just to be entered into lightly and it takes practice. And so, you know, I don't run around saying everybody should just quit their jobs, you know, mm -hmm. do some work on yourself, get consciously aware of your own I call them sacred cows. I wrote a book called Tipping Sacred Cows, which really was about understanding your your belief system. Because before you can become really good at at just like any video game, right? Before you become good at it, you suck at it, right? So you have to learn how to play the game, and that means really getting clear of well, what are my beliefs? Because what happens is we're not necessarily manifesting that my coffee cup right here. Like I went to the store and bought this, okay, um, but when I can understand, like, what are my beliefs about that coffee cup? Why do I believe I deserve it? Don't when you get really clear, and that's the sort of foundational level, clearing up your own sacred cows in your head, then quote manifestation isn't really manifestation at all. It's just you doing what you're inherently gifted to be able to do in this reality, which is we are creators. We are we are co-creating this reality together. We're dreamers, basically. If it's true that consciousness is just uh, a, a, the source, and some people call it God, some people call it the universe, I call it Bob, right? You know, whatever, it doesn't really matter. When you really understand that we are just a reflection of that source having an experience, then mm. you might be able to actually manifest a Mercedes out of your ass. It's really hard to do. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of filters and a lot of stuff going on in here that we have to work through. Yeah, and it takes lifetimes, well maybe, you know? Yeah, very well said. Uh, yeah, def you definitely have to put in some work. But, you know, for me, if you do it the right way, like I did, I had fun doing it. So, you know, it was uh, it was all a, a great experience, you know? Everything, you know, the other thing that people have to get, I think that's important that I think the sort of modern day, new age, new thought sort of movement kind of pushed a little too heavily was the idea that everything is, love and light and namaste and 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 to some degree that's true but you know i have a favorite saying it's by an author named jack kerouac um and he says be in love with your life every detail of it and so for me a part of the work is loving everything about my life even when it sucks or even when it's yeah. hard because when you can do that it doesn't make it any less hard. I mean, sure, you can go through trials and tribulations, but in, in reflection, you can look back and go, wow, that actually was pretty cool. I learned something from that. Or, I, wow, that was, that was, to me, experience is awesome. Like whether, you know, whether it's, it's quote, good or bad, it is part of what my experience on this, on this planet is, you know? Yeah, it goes back to, you know, our purpose here to, to yeah. learn and experience. We wouldn't uh, be able to learn much if we didn't have that duality, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's get into energy healing. Whenever people hear this, oftentimes, you know, they, they automatically go to woo-woo nonsense that, uh, you know, what is energy healing? So let's kind of define that for people. For you, what do you consider energy healing? What is this energy? Where is it coming from? And how does it heal? <laughs> Okay, so first of all, energy is, we are all energy. Everything has a frequency to it. Um, so there, it, it's not like it's a thing that's outside of us. We are it, basically. So your bodies have a frequency. Everybody has a frequency. Um, the earth has a frequency. It's called the Schumann resonance. Um, you know, space has a frequency. We get to listen to the sun. Remember, have you ever gone and listened to the sound of the sun? That's a frequency. So essentially... Um, Energy healing is an interesting term. We tend to have to define things based on our sort of paradigm. Um, but what's really going on is that your body has a frequency where it's in harmony, for lack of a better term. It's, it's got a perfect frequency, right? Through our life experiences, 
we get out of harmony, we get out of frequency, right? So if you play an instrument, you know, when you play a bad note, right? It makes everything else go and weird, right? So when you have trauma in your life, when you ha are exposed to the environment in your life, your body gets out of frequency. And all energy healing really is in its simplest terms, is you or through the help of a practitioner, because a good practitioner will never tell you that they are healing you because they're not you are healing yourself. So you can get support from a good practitioner, or you can do it yourself to get yourself back into that frequency, which is why, for instance, things like meditation work, which is why, you know, even going for long walks and listening to really good music that you know will calm you down. These are the reason that works for you is because it's putting your body back into the right frequency. Your body we have this amazing machine. I get really frustrated when people call it meat packets because it's like this thing is so damn cool. Like what it does is mind blowing. First of all, your cells communicate non-locally, right? They don't need a, they, they can in, in an instant, you've ever heard of um, Einstein's spooky action at a distance. Our body's doing that all the time. I'm moving my arms, but I'm not thinking about moving my arms. I mean, it's an amazing beautiful gift and our job is to try to keep it in as the most harmonious state as possible so that's basically what energy healing is now there are people that have taken the time to practice and they'll talk to you about having guides or they might talk to spirits those are all possibly true i can't prove them or not prove them so i'm not going to say whether they are or they aren't but there are practitioners who may be able to say, okay, I want to help you like, with this specific part of your body or this specific ailment that you're having. All of that is possible. So, you know, the, the sort of, there's two different kinds. There's hands-on and there's hands-off, right? Um, scientifically, basically what science is saying is because you, and they've measured it. They, they now can start to measure the frequency and they can see the number of people. For instance, I just interviewed a doctor, Bernie Siegel, and he in the eighties was referred to as the controversial Dr. Love by the New York magazine. And he was, people would just call him crazy. He was cancer doctor and people would call him crazy and call his patients crazy. But statistically speaking, his patients always fared better in whatever treatment they were doing because of the work that he did with them. Now that technically really is a form of energy healing. So energy healing is a broad term, but really what it's talking about is getting your body into the right frequency for healing. Right on. Now what can energy healing actually heal? Uh, are we talking specific ailments or anything or even, you know, emotional problems, mental problems, uh, or everything, all of the above? Well, scientifically speaking, energy healing should be able to heal everything, right? Mm -hmm. However, I want to really be careful about that because um, one of the things that is really important for me and any of the legitimate energy healers that you might talk to will say the same thing. We're looking for integration. We're looking for holistic health. See, Western medicine typically finds the problem, but doesn't find the root cause, right? They don't look at the whole body, okay? Chinese medicine, which is kind of a form of energy healing, does, right? So if you have back pain, like I have, I have a back pain right now. Well, what's really going on inside of my body to cause that back pain, right? So, you know, again... There's so much that goes on to us being human that really, this is, goes back to the bleep. Why is our attitude so important? Why is the way we think so important? It's because that is the, you know, your brain is a computer and that is the, that is the programmer for the rest of your body. So in the series, we talk to people who like, we have a client in the series who literally needed a liver transplant and then six months later didn't need a liver transplant right? So that's kind of miraculous healing. We have a few of those in the series. We wanted to show what that's what's possible. But we also have, we follow four different clients throughout just general energy healing sessions. And some of them had amazing results and some of them didn't. And, and it's not that anybody's doing anything wrong. It's just that, it, you know, there's ways in which if you incorporate 
Western medicine with more of the ancient traditions and you get start working together, you have better outcomes. So, you know, Dr. Bernie Siegel talks about it. He says, you know, there are patients that I had to do chemo because I knew that chemo was going to be great for them because of their mindset, because of the way they were prepared for it. There were other patients where I said, don't do chemo. You know, he's the same with vaccines. This person, get a vaccine. You're going to be fine. And it's not going to have any issue on you. And it's going to help you. You've got fear. You've got this. So it's, it's, it's about integration. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I don't want people to think that energy healing is the end all be all. But for instance, let me tell you something that's in this series that was really cool for me. <laughs> How do we take ancient healing traditions and create technology that would help doctors, right? So there's a there's a doctor in, in Arizona and she... Um, has this thing called the bio well. So our bodies emit protons and electrons from our fingers, from all over our body. That's how we are. That's now a lot of woo woo people like to call that thing around your body an aura. Scientists like to call it a biofield, right? Because they don't want to have any hippie whippy. So they call it a biofield. So what she has is a machine that can measure the emissions from your fingers and then put up from that measurement, put up your biofield. And when you have a biofield, it's supposed to be solid. Typically, if you have some health issue, there will be a break in your biofield where there might be a health issue. So for me, for instance, I was having a thyroid issue and I didn't tell Dr. Baldwin about this. She did the measurement. Sure enough, my biofield comes up on the screen. There is a break right at my thyroid. And I said to her, hey, listen, that's my thyroid. I am having trouble with my thyroid. She said, okay. She gave me 10 minutes of Reiki. We redid the measurement again. My biofield was perfect. Now here's what's important about that. One, if a medical doctor had that tool and could use that tool, imagine how fast we could begin to diagnose and imagine the precision in which we could begin to diagnose. Sometimes doctors take weeks and months and years to figure out what's wrong with you. So that's a great way to look at integration because the truth is, you know, if I looked at just her image, my thyroid was healed. That wasn't exactly true. I did go back to my doctor and he did say, wow, you are doing so much better that I'm not going to put you on this medication. I went to my Chinese herbalist and I started taking herbs. So was my thyroid healed from the Reiki? No, but it was, it was set into a motion where it could begin to heal itself. And it took her 10 minutes to figure it out. No blood tests, no needles, no anything else. It was literally that. So that's a great way to look at how we can integrate the great ancient traditions into some really great Western medicine. Now, you said something earlier that uh, I want to get you to elaborate a little bit on. You said that some people, you know, can take chemo and they'll be fine with it based on their mindset or the amount of fear they had. Or some people can get vaccinated and then be fine. Some others wouldn't. Um, now, what do you think th th this is? Is it solely the mindset of the person or are there other things involved with this that could prevent any harm? So in, mindset's a tricky word because I don't want to make people think that, oh, my mindset is off or there's something wrong with me. You know, humans are a complex, complicated species, okay? And so it, it, it's not, a, I, I, I'm not a scientist that can say here's exactly why that happens, you know? But for instance, the woman that did the liver transplant, 
right? So she was in the hospital. She was told, I need a liver transplant. She had been doing a lot of this kind of work for a very long time. And one of the things that she understood was that we, we think it can all happen miraculously and maybe it can, and it does in some people, but she also really understood the concept of 3d time that she has a liver. Her liver is operating in this 3d space. And in order for her to heal her liver, it was going to take time and practice. So she had to wait six months to get this liver transplant. Right. So during that time, she did an immense amount of work daily, hourly working. You know, this was all she did was work on healing her liver and she had setbacks and she had to do the work and she comes out on the other end and, and it worked. I don't know that science can at this point can pinpoint why it worked and why sometimes it doesn't, but you know, again, I think for her, one of the best tools that she gave herself was time. And I think sometimes when we get into these um, uh, conversations, people really forget that we're, we're in a 3D space and we're in, we're in a constructed time, right? And we don't give ourselves the permission that like you go and meditate, you go, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? I should be healed by now. There's so many, there's so many elements at play that, you know, trust and faith is a big part of it. And doubt comes all the time. So I don't know that I answered your question perfectly, but for me, for instance, for me, for instance, you know, there's a big anti-vax pro-vax, everyone's just lost their mind. You know, I'm not, I think everybody should, I'm not a mandate on anything by the way, but um, you know, for me, I went and got vaccinated. I didn't think anything of it and I never had a reaction, never bothered me. You know, I was, and I don't know why that is. You know, but I'm not going to judge another person for their choice either. But I do think we have to be very careful when we start killing off any anything is immediately bad. So I'm very much like, well, let's just, you know, like I look at these amazing people that I've been interviewing for this new series, you know, they're very grounded and rational. And that's kind of what the energy healing series is, too. It's very grounded. Like if, if you if your viewers are really into it and their family thinks they're nuts they can totally send their family this series. Like if that's exactly why I made it was so that they could, they could show it to their in-laws and go, well, now what do you think? Not so weird, is it? You know? Yeah. Right on. Uh, now you, you, you seem to have a very grounded and balanced view on a lot of these topics that we're talking about now, when it comes to our you know, Western medicine, modern medicine, pharmaceutical industry, medical <laughs> industry, there's been, um, I would say a lot of mistrust lately. Um, and a legitimate, lot of, legitimately. Legit. So yes. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, yeah. when I had a guest on the other day that he, we talked about the occult history of the medical system, and there's some terrifying aspects in there uh, that were brought up as to, you know, the, the, the possibility that we're being literally poisoned and kept in a state of unhealthiness and being prescribed medicines that would probably kill us before uh, it just not, you know, having a better uh, taking better care of your own health and the root problem would just get rid of it. So, and you look at things like, you know, cancer pre-screenings and like you said, chemotherapy, the things we're finding about the AZT drugs that were given, all this mistrusting information that we've just recently been able to find out about the medical industry. What are your thoughts on all that? So I tend to look at, I'm a forward thinker. Okay. So humans are the most bizarre species on the planet like we are the only ones on this planet as a species who will intentionally harm another species like no no other species on this planet does that by the way we're the only ones that that have that and but and then so that's our, our negative but we're also super evolved i mean we can do all these things that you know my cat can't do right um so there's there's always these positive and negative forces even if you just look at it from science, it's like there's the yin and yang and there's the up and down. So I go like this, like for me, I want to figure out, I can live in the fear and the panic and the upset, right? But what I've learned, even if we go back to your conversation about manifestation, right? Is 
Now that doesn't mean I put my head in the sand and ignore it. I look at it and in a really go, Oh yeah. Okay. That happened. That's legit. What can I do? Not from a place of fear and not from a place of perpetuating fear. What can I do to shift and awaken consciousness a little more so that we don't go back there? So that's the trick. That's, and I invite a lot of people that are super excited and interested in conspiracy theories. And like, that's all great. Like, I'm always fascinated by them. It's great to have information and knowledge. The question is, what are you going to do with it next? Yes. Are you going to go out and perpetuate the fear around it? And, oh, my God, look what happened. Look what they did. Look what they've done. Look what they've done. Because when you do that, in my mind, you are you are you are as you are as much of the problem as big pharma. So for me, I have lots of friends who are they, they, we have great conversations because they get really caught up in some of this stuff. Right. And they're posting about it all over Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And I said, OK, where's the solution? Where's the solution in that? How are you helping humanity by scaring them? by perpetuating this. So that's great. And that's important for people to get knowledge and information. But the question I always ask myself is, well, what can I do to help people actually learn something that's going to help them in the future? You know, like my, I, you know, I get, I was lucky when I had kids, I knew how to teach them how to go, help them get, manage a fever. My kids weren't vaccinated when they were younger. I waited and did a very slow vaccination rate. You know, my kids, I did not give them antibiotics every five seconds. But if you also look at the trajectory history, one of the reasons why Western medicine is sort of gone up in this big spike is because it's new. So everyone got excited about antibiotics, right? And antibiotics are actually amazing. They're amazing for scientists to figure that out. But then all of a sudden, antibiotics became the thing. Now we're just going to throw antibiotics at everybody, right? So humanity kind of got caught up in that cycle. And now we're going to, now we're taking a step back and going, wait a second. You know, if you get a weird fungi in the middle of the Amazon jungle, you might want to take an antibiotic. I actually have a friend who recently uh, was very anti-medicine, got a fungus in the Amazon jungle and died because they refused to take the friggin' antibiotic. Had they taken the antibiotic, they would still be alive. So yeah. rational thinking is so important right now. Discernment is so important right now. And then I, for me, what can I do to help people have real knowledge? For, that's why I did the um, energy healing series doc. That's why I'm doing the new series, the Galileo project. You know, I'm, because I want people to, you know, like I said, science evolves one funeral at a time. There are some amazing discoveries that are sitting out in front of us that can't get through the gatekeepers because of monetization. You know, I'm a big proponent of decapitalization of our basic resources, medicine, food, water, you know, right. I'm a crazy radical when it comes to those things. But I, but I just don't get caught up in a lot of that stuff because if I do, it, I'm, I can't do anything to, to serve a better humanity. I hope that was okay. Your, I, I hope your viewers wanna, aren't mad at me. <laughs> no, but I want to kind of bring that over to a positive note. Since the past few years, since 2020, since you know 2019, 2020, since all the craziness started happening, uh, have you seen an increase in people becoming interested in energy healing and alternative methods of, of healthcare? Yes. And that's the thing. Like I look at everything and go, well, like, okay, what are we getting from this? What's the positive note out of that? You know, and so the good news is that I was able to fund this series, you know, that, 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 that somebody came out and said, Hey, you know what? I want to make a series that helps those people that are on the fence or confused or scared of it, be less scared of it, you know, be realize that this is a powerful tool at our disposal. And so that's a positive thing. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Uh, let, let's hear some um, maybe of the mo uh, some of the most profound um, success stories that you've had with energy healing since you started uh, using it. Gosh, well, like there, there's a bunch of them in the series, so I don't want to give them all away. The big one is mm. the liver trans the liver transplant. We've had people who couldn't walk and can walk. You know, um, it's amazing. I'm looking and doing another series because energy. I mean, there's 
it's so fascinating to me because they're like everything can work, right? Whatever works, works. Like I was just talking to somebody whose daughter was paralyzed and did bee sting, bee sting therapy and now she can walk, you know? So the, it, unfortunately, here's what I hope happens. Unfortunately, there's all these amazing miraculous healings. It's really hard to get studies done on those things, to understand the final reason why. Because for instance, there was a major study done by the National Institute of Health on Reiki by a very respectable doctor. When her results came out, the NIH killed her paper and wouldn't fund anymore, right? That sucks, right? That bums me out because had they not, that was 20 years ago, had they not killed that research, had the ego-based dogmatic science is just as dogmatic as religion is, by the way. That's what I'm about getting rid of. I'm about getting rid of the dogma because, you know, people want to know, well, how does it work? Well, until we can really start funding these studies in a, in a, in a serious, scientifically-based way, we won't really know. And so that's kind of what I'm interested in. I'm like, God, we, you know, we, there's all this amazing scientists and they're this close you know, they need, they need this money and they need the backing, just like we're backing, you know, weaponry or we're backing. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. You know, biolabs, you know, why don't we look at some of these other things? I, I, I met with a scientist the other day who is developing a vaccine system that's amazing, right? Amazing. Um, because we are going to need vaccines. We're in a bio world. We're going to pick up weird bugs. That's, that's what happens here, people. But he's coming at it from a whole different perspective. But he can't, you know, for him, it would radically change and really shift the way people look at vaccinations. But he can't get beyond the next step, right? So, you know, again, People think hear the word vaccines, they freak out. They think we're trying to be poisoned. They stop and they don't realize, wait a minute, I'm in a bio world. There's bugs. Bugs and my body might not necessarily work well together. It might be good for us to have something. All we've been given is this option. There's another option available to us. So that's kind of what I'm about is like, how do we bring those other options up to the conversation? Right on. Now, I want to kind of go back to this. Uh, I know you, you answered uh, this question a bit, but I want to I want to find out a little bit more. Do you think that energy healing could possibly potentially heal any disease, any terminal illness, cancer, things of that nature? I think it can. It has. I, I, I don't want to be I don't want anybody listening to the show to stop taking any medication or doing anything because they heard me say it will cure everything. So I'm, I'm very cautious about that, Christopher. Um, but I would say that if you can find, be very, one of the things, just like in any world, there's a lot of people out there who make a lot of claims that aren't true. And I, I really caution people to be discerning when they're gonna work with any alternative medicine modality whether they're going to do plant medicines, whether they're going to do energy healing, whatever you're going to go do, do your homework because there's a lot of harm being caused in that space by people that make promises they don't keep. Um, and I would say in theory, energy healing can heal anything. Um, does it consistently? No. Even our science says, even the scientific research shows that it doesn't consistently heal everything. Um, so, you know, look to, I always, I look at holistic medicine. I look at, um, holistic medical practitioners, you know, natural paths, good ones. Cause they know how to work with the Western and medicine and the Eastern medicine. You want to kind of get a balance in there. 
herbs are great. You know, I love my Chinese herbalist. I, I mean, I, that's instead of, for me, instead of having to go on that thyroid medicine that I have to go on for the rest of your life, that basically kills your thyroid. I have a series of, I call them dirt. Like they taste like crap. It's disgusting as all heck, but I do it every morning because I'm like, look, I'd rather do this than take that pill. That needs to be more available. Yes. And uh, earlier I heard you speaking about uh, plant medicines and psychedelics. And I, for one, am a huge proponent of that. I've used it um, to get through quite a lot of uh, traumas and a lot of things that I needed to get through therapeutic wise for mm -hmm. my mental health. And they were, you know, I used uh, psilocybin mushrooms and they were fantastic, uh, especially when I started using them for more spiritual and therapeutic uses instead of just, you know, partying as a teenager. Right. Um, but it is very exciting to see that um, they are kind of opening up a little bit when it comes to their research into this. Oh, and it's big right now. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I'm in Colorado and I was in Denver and I know they have uh, kind of started to look into that a little bit. Hopefully they'll have some some uh, some clinics coming up that will do, um, you know, psilocybin studies and, and help with people's mental health. Uh, but do you think that this is an important part of people integrating into their mental health, uh, if possible. Listen, absolutely. You know, I think I've just interviewed a neuroscientist um, who's doing a lot of stuff. I always say it wrong. Psilocybin um, studies right now, really fascinating work. And we already, they already know that in terms of post-traumatic stress um, disorders, psilocybin um, is an, miraculous is miraculous. Right. Um, and so I'm excited to see these kinds of studies happening on a larger scale, because that's what my work has really been about pushing for the last 20 years of my life. It's like, look, I'm not here to say it's this works and this works. I'm here to say, can we study it? Can we like actually legitimately study it? And, and really look at the results, not from a perspective of, oh, we don't want to push that forward because we can't monetize it. You know, we have to radically shift our system in terms of monetization, which is like really the hardest thing that we're really struggling. A lot of people think we're struggling against big pharma, and men versus women and equality. What we really the real fight for me is in how are we going to turn our capitalistic greed based system into a consciously capital, a conscious I'm OK with conscious capitalism, but until we really shift that. It's, got, it's super hard to get some of this stuff, but it's slow. You know, like they said, we can either keep going one funeral at a time. And I, I'm not proposing that we murder people, but I'm saying, you know, as the old guard dies, the new guard comes in. We can keep we can keep this going generationally. But the reality is we're running short on generations at this point. You know, we're getting close to a tipping point. So we need a radical shift, which means, you know, we need to look at this and go, Hey, you know what? I'm not interested in existing in a society that says that person over there because they're a different color or because they're a different race or because they're a different gender or because they like boys and not girls, whatever. I'm not going to have any compassion towards them. We can keep doing this and we're going to end real quick. Look at history. Any society that's come to this level of greed and fear collapses. Look at history. So we have an opportunity now to step back from all this chaos and fear and us and them into a, how do I drop into compassion? How do I drop into looking at my neighbor or my brother or the person in this other country and going, you know, if I feed them, they'll feed me. And that's how we have to shift to big time. It starts with getting rid of like this sort of toxic individuality that we currently have, right? We have to go back to the idea that we are all connected this is consciousness. I am you and you are me. We're just different aspects of the same consciousness. We are like, that's what we are. And we all realize how interconnected we all are. When we really start to take care of each other and take care of ourselves, the whole, and that sounds super woo woo, believe me, it's so woo woo, it's ridiculous, but it's true. Like, that's what science will tell you. I, I just interviewed one of the leading, most interesting quantum physicists. His name is Thomas Campbell. And he's brilliant. And he just lays it out. Like it's, he's like, here's the science. Here's the math. They love, you know, materialists love math. Here's the, this is a holographic universe. Here's how we're all interconnected. We're all one organism. 
if you look at it from a biological standpoint, an organism, we're all one organism. When, you know, we're, they've, the idea of us fighting each other is what's keeping us in this state. It's not necessarily big pharma or the government, or it, it, it is on a sort of superficial level. It's easy to go, it's that guy and it's that guy. But when you step back and you go, okay, we are breeding a consciousness of separation, like a belief of separation. When you stop that, when you just really let go of that and go, I'm not separate from anybody. I can't, I'm not here. I can't judge that person. I can't take away their land. I can't do any of those things because I'm doing it to myself. You know, it's funny. You look at the Bible and people flip out. One of the top 10 commandments is do not do your brother what you would do unto yourself. You know, there's some wisdom in that. And that's what we have to shift really. You know, and energy healing and all that stuff is a part of it, but we have to, you know, it's that core. And so these little things like teaching people about energy healing and like what you do with your show. So these are little things that slowly move the needle in that direction. Yes, it's definitely what we need during these times. Uh, For the last few minutes that we have, tell us a little bit about the Galileo Project. So the Galileo project, basically, um, Galileo, of course, was an amazing astronomer who had the audacity to say that the Earth was not the center of the universe, which really pissed off the church. This was at a time when there wasn't dualism, science and spirituality were connected. It all came through the church. The church got to say whether the sky was dark or light. And that's just the way it rolled. Um, So they put they threatened to, to murder him unless he recanted. And then he didn't really recant. And then they put him in a uh, dungeon for eight years. Right. Of course, now we look at in current, our current belief is that of course the earth is not the center of the universe. Now that might change and true scientists really get that. Like science is evolving. We know what we know, what we know right now. Then we learn something new. So what we're doing in the Galileo project is we're traveling around the world, interviewing what we're calling modern day Galileos, scientists and researchers who have amazing discoveries in research in medicine, technology, um, agriculture, environment that that have been put pushed aside, not necessarily literally burned at the stake or put into a dungeon, but maybe figuratively in some way and and exposing their studies. It, talking about their their work in a way so that everyday people can hear about them so that we can hopefully push that needle a little farther. That's excellent. And there's been so many uh, in our past that have not only been pushed away, but, you know, could have had physical harm to them or been even they taken did. out of this life, you know, out of this, uh, out <laughs> of this world because of their inventions. Here's a funny one that I always laugh at that blows people's mind. I think it was William Lynn. My brain is a little out of it. I can't remember the name of the scientist. I'm pretty sure it's William Lynn. But there was a time when a scientist suggested that perhaps people would have less infections and less negative outcomes in surgery if we washed our hands before surgery. All of the medical profession at that time laughed him out of the medical profession and thought he was nuts. What a ridiculous thing to suggest. Here we are washing our hands, you know, so that happens and it continues to happen to this day. Like this, this bio well instrument that I was used. Right. So that can't get passed through the United States and through the FDA, because what it would do is potentially eliminate and this huge amount of dollars paid for for tests and blood tests and all that stuff right we would not have to do that and we could do this so again it's kind of silly to me but that's where we are so this is what i do for it you know (laughs) uh well do you have hopes for the the medical industry in our future that possibly with everything that's going on right now and the people realizing it that this could possibly change the an outcome in the future of how the medical system operates I think that I have hope in the future of our kids because they are so like we evolve generationally. Right. And, you know, I, I have two kids and I look at their friends and so much of the crap that we focus on and worry about, they don't even care about. They're focused on a, a more important conversation. 
You know, they don't care who's having babies and who's not. They don't care who's married to who. They don't care what you're called. They want to, they look at it from a different perspective. So, you know, one of the things I hope our generation, you know, I'm 52, is I look back, I look and say, you know what? I can do with the work that I'm doing, but I'm really going to talk to these younger people because they're wiser than I am here. And it's their world that I'm currently trying to run for them and maybe let go of some of that need for control and power over it and give it to them. But I look at them and that's where my hope is. How that manifests, I think it'll manifest in a lot of different ways. Medicine being one of them. Right on. Well, Betsy, this was awesome. Uh, We have so much more we could cover, so I'd love to have you back on in the future. Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah. And by the way, if anybody wants to watch the series, just go to BetsyChastity.net and they'll find the link. I was just about to say, (laughs) give everybody the website. Do you have any social media or anything else? I'm at Betsy Chassie everywhere. Betsy Chassie everywhere. Perfect. Well, we will definitely be talking again in the future. And until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We will talk again tomorrow. Our universe is incredible, surrounded by mystery and beauty. And many of us have questions about our past, present, and future. October Hollum is an intuitive medium with over 20 years of experience. She has assisted people with discovering their path by understanding their past and connected the living to their loved ones who have made the transition. She is currently offering readings through Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, phone, and in person. You can reach her at theancientgift222 at gmail.com.